Welcome to the Elijah Fire Podcast, where we jump into issues of today with faith and freedom instead of fear. And now here's your host, Jeff Tharp. What's going on, everybody? Happy Thursday, July 13th, 2023. Today is episode 266 of Elijah Fire. Very exciting show planned. Um, I love these two guests, so that's number one. That's why main reason why I'm excited, but also the content is going to be rich, Holy Spirit driven, and we love that. So if you guys are listening on Spotify and you are not following the Elijah Fire podcast yet, give us a follow, pretty please. That'll really help us out. And then if you guys are listening on the Spotify app, make sure to rate Elijah Fire podcast. Give us an honest review. That'll also really help us out as well. So, uh, so also anytime you guys donate to ElijahStreams.com slash donate. Again, as a reminder, we are moving away from ElijahFire.com slash donate and just keeping it. It's just a lot more simple that way. Also, Elijah Fire is under the Elijah Streams uh, mantle or umbrella, as you were. So it works. So ElijahStreams.com slash donate is how you donate. All proceeds go towards keeping this free at five days a week. But then, of course, we take a portion of every single donation. We funnel into our amazing water ball efforts. And for those of you that watched Tuesday's episode, we did like an extra special presentation by yours truly. And we showed a bunch of slides of a bunch of different places in Brazil, Zimbabwe, Ethiopia. I think Ethiopia was one. Anyways, there was a lot. Um, very exciting expansions beyond Uganda, which is where we started digging these wells. But all of that has been made possible by you guys' donations. So we're going to play a quick update video and then we're going to get going with our guests today. Clean water comes to Zimbabwe, Africa. Hi, my name is Tumezo Enijovu. I'm a pastor and a church planter. In 2005, we planted a church at a place called Inyati. And as we were preaching, a witch doctor gave his life to the Lord. And that gave birth to the church that we drilled the ball on. And this is just something outstanding, something that will propel our vision and gospel even further. This community, as I speak, is a different community and will never be the same. Everyone is talking about it. Yesterday, school children came in numbers to witness the drilling. And today we installed the pump. We saw the water coming. People are just happy talking about it everywhere. This is something new in this community. They've been traveling like uh, 16 kilometers to get some water, but now it's a matter of uh, opening the tap. We put the tap for the community and the tap for the church that they'll also grow some vegetables there. Our community now knows the love of the Lord. I want to express my gratitude to Steve and Elijah Stream for the support you are giving to our communities. All gifts are valuable, but water is life. Thank you so much. May the Lord continue to resource you. Amen. Would you consider giving towards the drilling of water wells? Donate online, elijahstreams.com slash donate. Or mail a check today to Elijah Streams. 525 2nd Avenue, Southwest, Suite 629, Albany, Oregon, 
9-7-3-2-1. So good. And the nice thing about the way we have this set up, because we have a very close relationship with Show Mercy International, who have been heading up the development of all these water wells. They're very close friends of Steve and many people at the Elijah List. Um, you know, sometimes when you give to a place, you're like, I know it says that this is going to such and such, but sometimes you're just maybe not quite as sure. But with this, it absolutely is. And you get to see the fruit of it. That's why we always get regular updates from them. Um, and it's just amazing to see. It's like it started in Uganda and we're still digging wells in Uganda, but moving beyond um, even starting to do stuff with First Nations um, tribes here in America. It's amazing. Amazing. And it's because you guys are just, I believe in Elijah's dreams. Yeah, I believe in Elijah fire. So uh, we just, I know Steve, myself, everybody else here, we just have so much gratitude in our hearts for you guys' generosity. So, um, all right. Uh, what, what can't my guests today do? They're amazing. They're students of the word first, teachers of the word second. They live and breathe the gospel. They are spirit-filled believers some of the most genuine believers I know, they're amazing. Um, they also have a podcast, Outrageous Hope Podcast. Amazing. Uh, if you guys haven't checked it out, link is in the description. Really worth your time. It is significantly shorter. Each episode is significantly shorter than Elijah Fire. So if you got overwhelmed by me recommending another podcast, fear not. You could listen to Elijah Fire. Uh, and then you could jump in and be like, yeah. And then I'm going to bust out outrageous hope 20 to 30 minutes. Boom. And I always feel refreshed and recharged listening to it. So highly recommend, uh, the, these guests, they just carry a lot of joy with them too. Um, man, they're awesome. So without any further ado, let's give it up for my guests today. Husband and wife duo, Costin Woodhouse and Mandy Woodhouse. Oh, hey, guys. Hey, Jeff. Hey. hey. Did I heap enough compliments on you guys? Was that, was that good? Was that, was that good? Yeah. We were, we were admiring. Uh, Mandy looks super fancy in like the best possible way. Costa and I both were commending her. She looks very artiste-like right now. So And matching my backdrop. It's yeah, awesome. absolutely. Absolutely. So um, you guys have had a lot going on. I mean... It started months ago, yeah. moving to a new place, then moving and settling into your, your like settling, settling. Now, how has that process been like for you guys? Is it feeling good to finally be like, oh. yeah. yeah, it feels good to be settling a house here in Adelaide. Yeah, it's yeah. awesome. It's awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Very cool. All right. Well, we, um, there are select guests that I kind of just go, you know what, let's just, what is God speaking to you guys? Here's what God's speaking to me. Let's just jump into this freestyle. Um, and you guys are people that I trust. And, um, you know, you guys have been kind of cooking stuff up with the Holy Spirit. Um, so I'm going to turn it over to you guys to share. Because you shared a little bit, Costin, with me on a voice memo. And I really, really loved it. I think it's really, really great. Specifically, three separate things that are, I, I call them kind of load-bearing pillars that are absolutely essential to operate together because if you forsake one, you forsake all three of them. So I'm going to turn it over to you guys and what the Lord has been sharing on your heart. And then we're just going to go for it. It's going to be great. 
Beautiful. If you don't mind, Jeff, I just uh, I got a word, a prophetic word for you guys in Elijah Fire. Oh, um, awesome. As the intro was playing. Is that all right if I share that with you right oh, now? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I just felt like um, you moved into a place of significant impact on the earth that um, you uh, and um, your team, but also in the broader sense, um, you know, Elijah Streams, Elijah List, that that so many of you have just been following the Lord step by step, you know, it's just been obedience, you know, we'll, mm. we'll, we'll start um, collecting words, we'll start posting things we'll start, and, and start, uh, you know, um, this stream and that stream. And uh, it's just been a, been a, a string of just obedient steps. Uh, but I, f- I see now that there's actually a significant footstep, uh, footprint on the earth where you're making a difference, mm. um, not just um, things like uh, digging wells and impacting communities, but the, teaching and prophetic footprint that's left on the earth is significant. It means something. It matters. Wow. Uh, it's, it's important. And no matter what, um, you know, what uh, the next things are that God has um, for, you know, the Elijah streams list family, uh, what new dreams, whatever else um, God births in the coming years, um, you've, you've been obedient and now it's left a, a significant and eternal footprint on the body of Christ. Wow. It's, it's important. So Man. well done be encouraged it's it means something yeah. hmm. amen <laughs> thank you and it was important to god yeah, yeah. thank you yeah. that means a lot well you mentioned uh three uh pillars and uh the lord began to speak to me um earlier this week talking about uh righteousness wisdom and um understanding and in the midst of that is uh, truth is sort of that's the kind of the, the um, headline over all three of those is truth and he said to me uh, righteousness wisdom and understanding and truth they're they're interwoven as one you can't you can't pull them apart if you forsake righteousness then you um you cut yourself off from understanding hmm. uh, and he began to speak to me it's, it's a fairly intense sort of doorway into this um, but, uh, he began to speak to me about, um, confusion over genders for starters. Mm. And, um, he showed me something and it, it, the point is not necessarily to go, um, down that track, but, um, but he showed me when you take away the pillar of truth of, 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 of righteousness. So you begin, um, so it started with, um, the, the conversation with the Holy Spirit it started with. If you if you take out righteousness, so in the in this case, um, begin to swallow things like, um, or oh, maybe homosexuality is okay right. um, from the economy of heaven, which is obviously not true. Um, you remove righteousness, and what happens? The next step is that you begin to unravel all sound wisdom and understanding, and so mm-hmm. the next step is confusion over gender, and um, of which there are only two. And uh, just so we're clear, male yeah. and female. But what, what the next result was is that, and this is where the pull a pin of righteousness and you lose um, a grip on understanding, is that we've got 30, maybe 50 years as a Western society of really beginning to understand the differences between men and women, uh, at, least for our, at least for our generations. I can't speak to past generations. Um, and, and this is beautiful revelation, not only in um, both in the secular realm, but also in the church. People were growing over the, those decades, um, 
through the 80s and 90s of realizing, hey, there are dynamics between men and women and the dynamics that play out between them that matter in the way we treat each other and in, in marriage, but there's keys. And so you would understand being married for, for a while and, and many people have been married for more than five minutes. You realize there are uh, almost self-evident truths to the dynamics between men and women that need to be understood. There's revelation that, that, that's um, it's found in the word of God. It's, um, it, it, it's, it's experienced um, between us. If you get it wrong, you know, and then you get it right, you know, because uh, the fruit and the, there's evidence in it. And those things are important to understand. And so when you learn those things and you see, and I've watched since the 90s, uh, I think, uh, where there's a proliferation of divorce in the 90s, yeah. uh, leading into the 90s, um, where I feel like there was a bit of a um, kind of chaos around, around marriage coming out of the 60s and 70s and sexual revolution and feminism and stuff like that. But then it's almost like we had to learn it, had to reverse engineer it and learn all this wisdom about the difference between men and women. You've got different books, both in the secular realm and in the body of Christ written. And now you've seen in the last sort of 15 years, this really healthy marriages in the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. We've figured some things out, lent into the word of God, lent into the Holy Spirit, lent into understanding. And so there's these beautiful dynamics. If you confuse the realm of men and women and you confuse the realm of sexuality, you actually throw all of that understanding out the window. Mm. So what happens is if you take away the pillar of righteousness, you forsake God's word and you start to compromise things like, um, like, like uh, in the realm of same-sex and uh, same-sex marriage and, and, and homosexuality, um, in the realm of gender confusion, what happens is you might, like people get stuck in that realm and then they argue, 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 is this okay, is it not okay? And that's probably not the case in a healthy body of Christ, but in different realms where that happens, as soon as you forsake that pillar, you actually lose the ability to understand. Yeah. Yeah. You've, lost the, you've lost it. You've, you've taken an essential element out of the intertwining of, of righteousness, truth, and wisdom and understanding, and you've lost track of all understanding. And it becomes you can't see. Your yeah. worldviews uh, are lost at sea. Um, and you, and you lose the ability to actually understand the word of God accurately as well because you've uh, detached yourself from righteousness. You take one um, pillar away, mm-hmm. everything turns to chaos. It unravels. Yeah. So then you would also argue that righteousness. So pe- some people would say, well, hang on. I can have wisdom and understanding minus righteousness. What you're saying is that's actually not true. Oh, great. Great. Um, statement because that segues us into the scripture that god spoke to me Mm. from this is proverbs chapter 8 uh proverbs chapter 8 it's verses uh, 6 through 9 uh in fact i'll read verse 5 as well verse 4 and 5 as well to you O men i call this is wisdom wisdom is personified in um proverbs chapter 8 by the way jesus is wisdom (laughs) just in case Mm. that's that's a revelation. Jesus is wisdom. Like he is wisdom. Um, I was reading, uh, not nah, Holy Spirit, so don't go there. So anyway, um, <laughs> you're going to be obedient, right? It just distracts Yeah, people. dude, it's I get true, it. But it, it's not, it's not, it's going to distract right now. So this uh-huh. is uh, Proverbs chapter eight. Wisdom is speaking to you, O men, I call, and my voice is to the sons of men. O naive ones, understand prudence, and O fools, understand wisdom. Listen, for I will speak noble things, and the opening of my lips will reveal right things. 
for my mouth will utter truth and wickedness is an abomination to my lips. This is wisdom speaking. All the utterances of my mouth are in righteousness and there is nothing crooked or perverted in them. They are all straightforward to him who understands and right to those who find knowledge. So wisdom itself says, if wisdom was personified, says that all my utterances are in righteousness and they are all straightforward to him who understands. So anyone that thinks that wisdom can be detached from truth and righteousness is kidding themselves. It cannot be. Everything that she, as it were, utters is um, everything that wisdom utters is in righteousness. It's in truth. And if you read the rest of Proverbs chapter 8, it says that wisdom says, I was there before the foundation of the world with the Lord in creation, rejoicing in the sons of men. Wisdom was around a long time before <laughs> before the earth or we were because Jesus is wisdom. Mm. He is wisdom. There are man-made so-called wisdoms and, 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 and understandings out there, but they're detached from, um, from, from wisdom and, and they're detached from truth. They're detached from righteousness and they don't actually work. You push them far enough and you find that the little puzzle pieces of the jigsaw puzzle, they're all in the wrong spot. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Do you feel like this, the pillars, righteousness, wisdom, and understanding are also a way of as look society's going to come up with new uh perversions right there's all every generation every generation but this grid in which to look through these things actually gives you because i was thinking about this as you were talking that i'm like you could apply this to any situation and be like okay hold on what's missing from this situation and go oh it's truth oh it's definitely righteousness which is actually you know obviously then wisdom and truth are forsaken at the same time obviously or gradually or whatever however you want to look at it yeah. but, but it does look like this is like a a grid in which to look at anything because you know there's a lot of like i don't know is this especially in as you lean more into like progressive christianity you start to get more lukewarm in terms of how you view certain things yeah. because more sin becomes acceptable within that congregation. I've witnessed it myself, um, you know, and so then it's like you can actually look with this grid, looking at these pillars, if you want to say, and go, oh, this is actually how you can you can determine how healthy <laughs> like a congregation is. Or you get what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. I think too. So many people. Um, Cause I like a mentor women, especially, mm -hmm. and, and there's just so much confusion, like, like people that don't necessarily have a strong community where they're, there's so many people, especially since COVID that are still homebound, that are still struggling with PTSD and things. And, and so they're not in a, a, a strong community that's teaching them these things. And, mm -hmm. and they're watching this on Facebook and that on YouTube and, you know, it, it, watching all this stuff. And then this spirit of confusion comes in and, and, and they don't know what to believe and which way do I go? And so many people that are afraid of being part of the great deception at the end. What if I'm one of the ones that's deceived? What wow. if? But if you look at this, 
as the filter, you can filter everything through yeah, those three pillars, good. you know, like you're not going to be deceived if you know that you're standing in that there, there, there's righteousness, there's truth. What's the other? Oh, and uh, wisdom and understanding. Wisdom and understanding, you know. Thanks for listening. The Elijah Fire podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, visit ElijahFire.com slash give. And, and we're told to pray for wisdom. We're told to, to seek after wisdom. I love Proverbs. I'm, I'm stuck in Proverbs right now. But like God says that if we pray for wisdom, he's going to give it to us. Yeah. And he's going to be generous with how much he gives us. And then you pray for a spirit of understanding. And then, and then righteousness, they all just click together and then you don't have to worry about being one of the ones that falls into deception because you are filtering everything through those three. That's so good. That's so good. Cause I think there's a lot of people can take a lot of unnecessary anxiety on themselves of like, yeah. Oh, I don't want to be deceived. Oh, I don't want to. But it's like, well, hang on. We actually know how, Scripture informs us how we're supposed to live. So, so yeah. long as you are devoting yourself to that, seeking his face, like we shouldn't, we shouldn't, that shouldn't be an like a worry for us. Yeah, totally. Um, I think it's funny. It's so simple. Like it doesn't matter what generation you're in, what the deceptions and the, the philosophies of the age are. Um, you just build on this. Yeah. Like, you don't have to understand everything. I think that's one of the things that um, people can get can get worried about. Yeah, that. When you build a jigsaw puzzle, um, it, what does everybody do? The first thing you do is you do the outside edges of the jigsaw yeah. puzzle because you've got some context. Yeah. Um, so you might not know where all the pieces go, but I know where this piece goes. You know what I mean? It's got that yeah. corner piece. And, um, and so you get those corner pieces with the two straight edges and you get them in and then you can build from there. Yeah. And there might be other ideas thrown at you. What about this? What about that? And you can put them on the shelf and you go, you, you know, you put that piece back over in the pile. And you're like, okay, cool. I know that piece is there. I don't know where it fits. I'm going to yeah. just leave it in the pile. But I know where the cornerstone is. And Jesus is actually called the corner. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the so truth. I know these truths. I know the word of God says yeah, this. So I'm not going to move from it. I don't understand everything. I don't know why this is wrong or right or whatever. But I know this is true. And it, you build on it. And you keep reading it. And you keep renewing your mind um sometimes the word of god is so blatant and obvious i remember working with a certain um uh, movement and um I, I was trying to work out ways to build a bridge um towards the gifts of the holy spirit in that movement and um and their real reverence for the word of god and i've read the <laughs> in the bible for years I, I, I you know thought i you know you thought oh yeah you know the word and i'm reading um First uh, uh, Corinthians 14, and towards the end of the chapter, it just says, and do not forbid speaking in tongues. It's, it's right there in the scripture. It's funny, hey, like you just, you just read it. Go mm-hmm. back and read it. People want to pull um, themselves into circles of thought and debate and stuff like that. Just read the word. It'll reframe everything and just put it solid in, in pillars. It'll put the corner pieces of the jigsaw puzzle back in the corner, start to build, you don't get lost. Um, as soon as you, uh, uh, forsake a pillar and, and swallow a lie, what happens is like taking one of the puzzle pieces from the middle and sticking it in the wrong spot. doesn't seem such a bad thing at first, 
but because you'll start building the other puzzle pieces that fit it around it, you end up with more and more and more puzzle pieces in the wrong spot and your worldview ends up out of, out of whack. It ends mm. up deceived and you end up building in a place that's wrong. Yeah. You'll end up in darkness. Yeah. Um, yeah. There are two other, so you just keep reading the word. You stay, you keep building your life on the word. Mm-hmm. Um, there are two other important things too. One is um, keeping a clear conscience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, is it Second Thessalonians 2, 10 to 12 talks about um, uh, people that, that um, I might, might just read it actually. It's, it's pretty intense. Yeah, read it. Pretty intense little piece of um, passage. Thessalonians and muck around. Um, I haven't read Thessalonians first or second in a while, actually. I was just going to say, it's one of the least read uh, epistles, I think. Um, it says this that, uh, uh, and with all the deception of wickedness for those who perish because they did not love, because they did not receive the love of the truth so as to be saved. For this reason, God will send upon them a deluding influence so that they will believe what is false in order that they may all be judged who did not believe the truth, but took pleasure in wickedness. And um, sin is deceit, deceitful. It deceives the heart. If you engage in it and stay in it and you don't get things like shame out, you don't get things like honesty out. When you confess something person to person, excuse me, um, there's, a, there's a revelation. Like when you bring stuff out of darkness, I've seen people that um, who are brazen, who have hardened their conscience to something, and then when they have to admit it to somebody else, suddenly there's a softness that comes, a cry. Mm-hmm. There's um, this kind of exchange where shame comes and they realize, oh, my gosh, that's not okay. It could be anything from um, extraordinary sexual sin all the way back to a little white lie, quote mm. unquote little, right? And then when you have to admit it before before people, suddenly the reality of it comes back to your conscience mm-hmm. and there's true repentance and there's an exchange there where there's yeah. real grace and forgiveness. And that's where the rubber, that's where the gospel meets the people. But if you hide things in your heart or you continue to harden your conscience, mm-hmm. um, you open yourself up to deception. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Even just little things like ministry philosophy, if you hide things in your heart uh, or you bury things in ministry or you change narratives, let's say some something bad happens in a ministry and you hide it, and you might not even be the perpetrator. You, you, if you're a leader and you intentionally hide the truth and you change narratives and lie, um, what happens is it's, a, it's um, like the old gaslighting thing where um, um, you know, gaslighting is from a play where a guy... Um, he, he slowly turned the gas level down on the gas lights. That's why it's called gaslighting in, in the house. And then he, his wife was like, hey, um, I think the lights are getting dimmer. And he's like, no, 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 you're crazy. There's nothing wrong. And then he every day slowly turned or every time he'd slowly turn the lights down a little bit. And, um, um, and then he's telling you, no, you're crazy. And so he's questioning her perception of reality. What happens is if you, if you change narratives, if you, um, if you hide something, if you... Um, in a, even in a society, if you if slowly, slowly adjust what's 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 right and what's wrong, what's truth and what's not. Um, I work in a restaurant, and um, there's a certain time in the afternoon where, when it gets dark out, so we actually turn some of the brighter lights off, and we slowly, slowly dim the the downlights, and you create an atmosphere. Um, with that in itself is a prophetic metaphor. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, but. Um, but what happens is you don't turn the lights down all at once because people's 
like we'll go like this, you know, and same with turning lights up, you'll do the same thing to people. So we slowly incrementally turn them down, let their eyes adjust. And um, when you take it, when you forsake truth, when you forsake righteousness in a situation, in a culture, in a ministry, in your own life, what you're doing is you, you'll slowly, you'll slowly turn the lights down and then your eyes will adjust and your perception of reality will change. That is deception. Hmm. As a, as a definition, when your perception of reality changes, either changes towards truth or it changes towards a deception. Yeah. And uh, I mean, we see it in societies like, where things change. And then um, when you turn the lights down in a restaurant, the people inside of you slowly do it. They're not really noticing. Like, yeah, people will notice, but it's not their eyes are adjusting incrementally. But if somebody comes in from the brightness of outside and walks in, they're like, oh, God, it's, it's dark in here. When you have somebody outside of a, a, a gaslit culture, a gaslit um, uh, agenda, a gaslit um, uh, ministry culture or, or environment, um, because they're used to the truth, they walk into a place where things are being tolerated and they're like, oh, are you, you're kidding me, aren't you? You think that's okay? Like, because you're walking in the light mm. you know i mean you stay in god's word you, you stay in his presence you're led by the holy spirit stay in the light yeah. when you walk into environments where things are off or cultures where things are off and you're like oh my gosh this is wrong like are you, are yeah. you kidding yeah. then you're able to spot it yeah 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 and like I said earlier, like I feel prophetically like this is so important for us to grasp because mm -hmm. of what's constantly being thrown oh, at us. Mm -hmm. Like I saw um, this morning on Instagram on a reel that there is um, a, a, a person who has had transition from a man to a woman and and has had some sort of therapy where they're now able to ovulate whatever and they are hoping to fall pregnant just to abort the baby just to prove a point to christians like how evil is that wow and those are things that are starting to pop up and arise and if we continue as christians to like hide away from it sorry i'm getting passionate but no hey go start, i say go for it yeah like or or, or to start like oh I, I fear of man is a big thing like i'm really scared i, I don't want to say anything i feel really intimidated let's just keep our eyes on jesus and and look away from that you know you can't you can't look away from it anymore it's here it's arrived yeah. it's been released on the earth and so now we actually have to deal with that but but you won't fall into those deceptions when you grab a hold of things like righteousness and truth and understanding of what the Lord says, not the yeah. worldly understanding of, oh, let me understand yes. how this person feels. Wow. No, 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 no. And I've said it, I've said it on the show before. Like, I don't care how you think you were born. Jesus calls us to be born again. And, and you yep. can be born again. We have a good friend who thought she was born gay and who is now living for Jesus because she's born again. And there's just something like the Lord told me at the beginning of this year. Proverbs 23, 23 was my scripture. Buy truth and do not sell it. What does truth look like? And that's truth in every area, in every area. And so... um. 
Are you okay if I go into the Oh, I'm so glad I had that Proverbs 23. Yeah. Proverbs 23 on my heart. And well, and like Proverbs 15, 4, I'm going to read it. Um, the eyes, wait, sorry. A gentle tongue is a tree of life, but perverseness in it breaks the spirit. That's the ESV. There are different translations, but the King James and the New King James says that a wholesome tongue is a tree of life, but perverseness in it is a breach in the spirit. And the Lord's been teaching me so much about breaches in the spirit. And this, it all goes together, but the thing with truth. And so we, a lot of people look at that scripture and they think, oh yeah, wholesome tongue is a tree. We're meant to be encouraging with our words. Yes. We're not meant to gossip. Yes. We're not meant to, to slander. We're meant to, you know, speak life because the tongue is a tree of life. Yes, yes, yes. But if you rip apart that word perverseness, and if you look at it in the Hebrew, and I, I would recommend Proverbs 15, 4, that people go and look at the Strong's Concordance and look at what that word means. I'll tell you a few things. It means crooked. It means distortion. It means flattery. It means slipperiness and it means crooked dealings. Those are just to name a few. Mm. So basically when you use your tongue to, um, to flatter someone or to manipulate or to misdirect or redirect or change the narrative or to be a little bit slippery or to gaslight and a lot, look, I understand because I've been there, the fear of man the fear of man, man, that thing, we have to get delivered from the fear of man, because if we don't, we will revert to this. And the reason, like I used to tell lies just because I was afraid of man or I'm mm. not an outright lie. Maybe let's just change it a little bit. Maybe let me just flatter a little bit. Let me just manipulate a little bit. Let me just gaslight a little bit because I was afraid. Mm. And when I got delivered of that, there are no more breaches in the spirit. We can't live with breaches in the spirit. I'm like, I'm preaching now. Okay. So a breach for those that don't understand what a breach is. It's like, um, I could give the example, Jeff, from, from Lord of the Rings, <laughs> from Helm's Deep. Why and not? Love that. <laughs> but, but if you imagine for those that haven't seen it, but if you imagine a castle or let, let's say a fortress, Okay, with high walls, it's meant to protect you. The Lord has put you in that fortress as a protection to you. That is wisdom. That is righteousness. That is understanding. And you're in this fortress. But, but let's say the enemy keeps knocking at you and you don't know how to push it away. Fear of man is coming. It's coming. It's coming. You don't know how to deal with that. And it keeps on knocking against the bricks it's going to cause a crack in the bricks and then there's going to be a little bit of a hole, right? And, and then suddenly you've got a place where the enemy can enter. And when the enemy can enter, that's a breach. And a breach in the spirit actually allows a spirit of accusation, condemnation, shame to come in and has, it has then a legal right to attack you. Mm -hmm. And so like, I believe... A number of people are dealing with things like 
shame and warfare and this is going wrong and that's going wrong. I'm like, go and look at what breaches are there. What have you used your mouth for? Have you stood for truth? Have you stood for righteousness? Mm -hmm. Have you gotten understanding? Because if, if there is a breach anywhere, anywhere, man, that gives, that gives the enemy legal right to come and accuse you. And we, 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 there's no condemnation for us because we're in Christ Jesus. We're new creations. We've been born again. And so that stuff, that doesn't need to be there. Right. You know, and something just as simple as like, I don't know, um, like over, you know, uh, what's the, the scripture that talks about where words are many. Uh, sin, is sin is inevitable. Sin is inevitable. And so sometimes, you know, you might over explain or, or defend yourself. That's a breach in the spirit as well, or can cause a breach in the spirit. If you say more than what's true. Yeah. So we have to grab a hold of this. We have to grab a hold of the truth of righteousness, of wisdom, of understanding. And we can't allow breaches to be there. I don't think people mm. understand. I didn't understand. I was like, oh, yeah, it's a sin. It's not good. But there's a breach. And that's something we need to we need to understand. Yeah. It's funny reading that, you know, quoting the King James, it says, you know, um, a healing tongue is a tree of life, but mm-hmm. um, perversion in it is a breach in the spirit. And so a picture of that's like somebody's broken in a situation and a, a, a healing tongue comes along, but then they comfort them with something that's a lie. And so mm. there's supposed to be a tree of life, but then they enter perverseness in there. Yes. Um, a bit like telling somebody that they're gay or that they maybe they're a woman or a man or whatever mm-hmm. when they're struggling with depression or something like that. So there's this, you're supposed to be a father or mother. You're supposed to come with healing, but instead you've plummeted perverseness into it. Yeah. And there's a breach in the spirit. When you, when you, when I quote it from the King James, it's like, oh man, you know, is that, you know, should I take a, a translation that's a little more, like the like the New American Standard ninety five or something like that. It says um, it breaks the spirit, mm-hmm. and um, but then I, I was like, oh, uh, you know, um, I went back and I read read the Hebrew words, and I was like, mm, no, it just says breach. Hmm. It just says breach, like um, breaching a wall or something like that. And uh, there's another proverb that says that he who has no control over his spirit or who can't rule his spirit is like yes. uh, a city with its walls broken down. The enemy can just get in. And so when lies come, that's the way the enemy comes in to, to, to people, to their hearts. It has the way he brings trauma and deception. Um, the spirit world works on lies and truth. There's a, um, a judicial legal element to the spirit realm, but, but um, truth is multidimensional. Yeah. And what I mean is this, what I don't mean is that truth is like a diamond that has many facets because that just turns into subjectivity. That's right. not what I'm saying. I'm, I'm in truth itself. It stands hard like a pillar, but it cuts through multidimensionally. Everything revolves around it. And so um, it's immovable. And so when you forsake truth, it's a little dog having a bark mm-hmm. or something. Um, uh, so not that necessarily that truth has many facets. I'm just going to read it from my notes because the Lord spoke to me, but rather truth or the lack thereof, it has multidimensional consequences. Yeah. If you have truth in the spirit realm, Everything is calm. Everything is clear. And you can prophesy. You can see clearly there's peace in relationships. But as soon as you remove truth, you don't know what demons you're inviting into your personal space, into your relationships, 
into your culture in the spirit realm if you remove truth without truth um you open up a to use a uh, interesting word portal for the demonic it it, Mm. it, it rushes into your culture when you see those no matter how many movies you've seen where there's like a siege on a city right and the city stands it stands it stands it stands because the enemy can't get in but as soon as there's a broken wall or the gate gets blown open then the game changes. Yeah. Then it's then then it's hard for the city to stand, right? And where does the enemy rush through? He rushes through the breach. Yeah. Help Elijah Fire continue to make an impact around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah Fire and the Elijah Fire podcast possible. Visit elijahfire.com/give and become a partner today. And that's what happens. You, you people don't understand. Like truth isn't this like oh it's just philosophical or black and white or someone's being legalistic. Rubbish. You don't understand in the spirit realm, if you think that, what is going on? When you remove truth, you you open up a door for a gushing torrent of the demonic. Yeah. We just watched it happen in American culture four years ago, um, watching it happen in my culture since 2017. Um, and, and, and who knows what else has happened in history. Um, it feels a lot like just before World War II, you know, you got, um, uh, you know various things with Germany and you got these things happening with communism and Nazism and yeah. different things happening within the German realm, some of which my history is not entirely informed there yet, but I'm working on it. Um, but you see this, this shift in culture. But as soon as these lies come in, boom, the torrent. And I'll tell you where it – hang on. I'm just going to read from my notes. I felt the Lord say read it. Yeah. Um, who knows what when – you, when you forsake pillars of truth, right, and then you lose understanding, you lose sound wisdom, you lose counsel, you lose um, – uh, um, um, uh, wisdom who knows what demonic realms we've opened up to the world um, to ourselves on the earth when you forsake it by accepting homosexuality transgender abortion shaming men yeah what the heck yeah. do you know uh, paul said man is the glory of god and woman is the glory of man hmm You've detached yourself from any revelation from that verse if you swallow these lies wow. about shaming men. There's no such thing as um, toxic masculinity. Hmm. There's no such thing as toxic masculinity. There's toxic behavior. Yeah. There's no such thing as toxic masculinity. Man is the glory of God. Mm. And the way he was created. I'll tell you what, feminism is demonic. Yeah. Putting value on women's not demonic, but feminism is demonic. Wow. It's things you, you forsake pillars of truth and you let a torrent of the demonic in. Yeah. That was the doorway, by the way, the whole bunch of other sexual perversion. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we're not even going to go there right now. If you let, if you yeah, forsake man. truth in relationship, just, just between two people, friends, yeah. married couple, doesn't matter. If you yeah. forsake truth in any relationship, you open the door to strife, insecurity, sin, selfishness, um, vicious separations and responses. Yeah. Uh, even just straight up lack of intimacy. As soon as there's no honesty between us, I've made a separation. I've let a breach in and the yeah. demonic wants to rush in and you go, oh, that's extreme demons, demons. No, no, no. You understand demons work through lies. Yeah. Mm. They always work through lies right from the beginning. He's the father of lies. He's, he says he lies from the beginning. There's no truth in him. There's no truth in him. He's the father of lies. He lies from the beginning is what um, I think one John three says. Um, um, rejection, damage, all those things come into relationship as soon as you remove the pillar of truth from it Hmm. and honesty. And they're not, it's not just, it it is telling the truth between each other and being transparent, honest, but also 
you can't separate truth and wisdom and righteousness. It's ingrained into the fabric of reality and who we are. And so you Mm. remove those things and bring perverseness in and you destroy the relationship dynamic at some level and it either becomes perverted or it has to be removed from relationship. You can't do it. It's not sustainable because truth, righteousness, wisdom, they're intertwined. Um, So if you forsake the truth about men and women, you will forsake healthy marriage. You'll forsake, you will rage against all sound wisdom. Um, If you get quagmire, if you get quagmire down in arguments about the law and grace, you'll actually lose the ability to understand Romans chapter six. You'll lose the ability to understand Colossians chapter one. You'll lose the ability to understand Ephesians one and two. You you will separate yourself from understanding. You'll definitely lose the ability to understand Hebrews eight, nine, and ten. Um, um, and if anyone doesn't know what I'm referencing, these are all the scriptures that talk about the reality that we have been born again out of our old man has died, and we've been had a circumcision of the heart where the sinful nature has been cut off from our heart. And we've been given a new clean heart and the law of God has been written. Holiness has been put on the inside now and we've been delivered from the power of sin and we can live differently. That's the power of the gospel. What happens is if you forsake the pillar of truth and you begin to get lost in this argument of law and grace and all this sort of stuff, you actually detach yourself from the reality, the power of the gospel. We don't serve a powerless gospel. That's what the enemy ultimately wants. I don't think he gives a crap about whether people uh, are sinning or not sinning. What he wants is the gospel. Hmm. He wants to pervert it, destroy it, and detach ourselves from it and lead people either into licentiousness or religion. And uh, and just in case you understand, I mean, licentiousness is permission to sin, which will detach you from the the walking healthily with the Lord because he walks in the light, but he walks in holiness. And then religion is where it's uh, all about rules and external. And actually yeah. both those extremes will eventually take you to the same place. It's called the flesh. Yeah. Um, where you're powerless to live a holy life in communion with the Lord. Yeah. But the real power of the gospel is in oneness where we're delivered from sin. Mm-hmm. People don't realize that they say, oh, um, and they argue about, about different sins. Homosexuality is probably the, the one that's in the highlight right now in this generation. But um, it's already a defeated foe. Yeah. God's righteousness is like a mighty mountain. It won't be moved. And so you will see that, I, that friend Mandy was talking about that she used to think she was gay and then she got born again. She's like, oh, my gosh, that's not actually true. Mm. Um, she's so funny. She walks up to people. She's reaching back into those communities, if you can call it that. Um, and uh, and she, she had some friends that she's spoken to and they're like, <laughs> oh, yeah, but what about, you know, what about my lifestyle and stuff? She's like, bro, it's just a spirit. God will deliver you that. <laughs> That's the truth. Yeah. It's a defeated spirit. These yeah. are just spirits that were disarmed by the cross. Wow. That's all they are. Yeah. It's, a, it's a defeated foe. It's not some big philosophical debate. The truth is the truth is the truth. And in heaven, Jesus has already cleansed the heavens with his blood. These things are defeated foes. And we will see people delivered because that is the power of the gospel. Mm. Um, where are we? Um, I really felt like um, God began to speak to me a few years ago. It's quite a few years ago now about the spirit of Antichrist and understanding how it, what it looks like. And he showed me, this is really around World War II, and he showed me in Nazism and communism, he said um, one of the fruits of the spirit of Antichrist in a culture is a, uh, a degrading of a value for human life. 
that's really intense hey yeah um yeah what do you think abortion is what do you think genital mutilation is in children what do you think um some of these philosophies around environment around um uh, uh, uh degrading men and women this is this is the these are the stepping stones and you know where it ends it ends in atrocities yeah. always in at least in history it always ends in atrocities yeah that's that's what the enemy wants mm. death reigns through sin and best fruit that's where nazism ends it where communism ends it's a degrading and devaluing of human life it's just a fruit um but it's it's a sign hey because you take the pillars away and you yeah. you leave, you depart from wisdom you depart from um from truth you depart from understanding you you lack understanding and at first the deception such a whirlwind people get caught up in it yeah. but down the track give it 10 years 20 years and you see it's fruit oppression yeah. Yeah. right atrocities uh, look at um central africa uh, in the 80s and 90s um mm. uh, you end up with um genocide yeah. um you know it, it's a it's a slow process at first of, of gaslighting and it always has a pivot deception always has a pivot it always has a point where it it wants to use something that feels like truth to pivot off to bring its gross vomit into communism has always been this pivot point off of well it's not fair we hate the rich we feel oppressed right mm-hmm. now that's a fair cry of the human heart but communism comes in and uses it and blames and it, it points the finger and it says you should get angry and and then it rises up in um, the French Revolution yeah. today in Australia and tomorrow morning in, in America is um, is Bastille Day. Now, it's mm. called Bastille Day because of it was the day of a bloody um, overtake of, the, of, a, of a prison called the Bastille in France. And it was the beginning of the French Revolution, one of the mm. bloodiest, sickest revolutions in history. Yeah. No offense to, well, uh, if you take mm. offense to that, I'm just repeating history, um, um, but but the, you know that began the French Revolution. Now, did was there oppression in the age? Absolutely. Mm. Just justify that kind of blood. Mm. Um, and, and we we see it throughout history that the enemy uses these things. Um, you know, um, the chaos of of post World War One Germany and then Nazism comes up because people are angry. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know? mm. And fear comes in, the fear of man comes in, yeah. control, and so people are compromising. And that little gaslight of compromise, one step, one step, and next thing you know, yeah. you've got World War II and you've got atrocities. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because you mentioned World War II and you also mentioned communism. And both were stemmed out of like, oh, we care about the small guy. And so then anger mm-hmm. raises, rises. Have you ever seen any of Hitler's old speeches um, pre-World War II? um it was very much that of victimizing and if you said the triumph yeah. of the will was a big sounds like the work agenda hey victimizing, yeah. victims victimizing and, and but i mean any of these things you you mentioned costin i was thinking about it i'm like every single one of these ultimately lead towards hate so if you yeah. if you belittle one to lift up something else that can be if we belittle the, sh- the straight people to to lift up LGBTQ, uh-huh. if we belittle women to uplift men, <sighs> vice versa, all that does is yields hatred. Yeah, yeah. And that's honor, the atro- that, that gives way yeah. to those atrocities that you're talking about. 
Yeah, I keep seeing just a picture of, you know, we, we, we called them the three pillars, but it, I still see a fortress. And I think that staying in that fortress and not compromising and not yeah. allowing breaches in the spirit, it, it will keep you safe. It'll keep you safe from deception. It'll keep you safe from accusation. It'll keep you safe from, um, from many different things. We, we've got to stay. We've got to stay in that. Mm. You have a scripture, hey? I do, yeah. Probably uh, should end up soon. Yeah, we're just about out of time. We're, this is amazing. The Lord's really gracious. It only oh, takes yeah. us an hour and a half to get everything out. But we're at 55 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Me, sorry. Um, this is uh, Proverbs 3.3. 3. Everyone quotes Proverbs 3.5. It's one of my favorite scriptures. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. And Proverbs 3.3 3 says, do not, do not let kindness and truth leave you. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Bind them around your neck. Sorry, I read that in the wrong order. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. And uh, Lord, we're speaking about it. Don't forsake kindness and truth. Yeah. One of the great deceptions of the so-called social justice movements of the last 40 years is that oftentimes they actually don't care for the people that they're so-called defending. Mm. Well, the people out there that um, have various causes you know, um, and people are just angry. Yeah. They have nothing to do. They don't care for Some of them just don't. They've lost. Maybe at some point they cared. Yeah. But you see it in the rage that comes out and the un lack of balance that happens. Mm -hmm. um, and this is why I said you don't forsake kindness and truth. Yeah. Oh, the pillars, are, they're all wound together. You can't have one without the other. And, um, yeah. uh, you know, it says, my son, do not forsake my teachings. Don't forget my teachings, let them, but let your heart keep my commandments. This is the pillar of truth. For length of days and years of life and peace, they will add to you. If you've got no peace, it's probably a sign that um, the enemy's trying to breach the walls of your life. Yeah. If there's a fence, man, a fence. A fence is the perversion of justice. Wow. You know, I'm angry, so I want to tip the scales. But what happens is it, the wrath of man doesn't lead to the righteousness that God um, wow. desires. It doesn't lead to the yes. righteousness of God. James says, um, uh, the wisdom that's from above is first of all pure. <laughs> the wisdom that is from above is first of all pure, then peaceable yeah. and reasonable and full of mercy and full of good fruits. And the seed whose fruit is righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. Mm. That's the wisdom that's from heaven. Mm. And it, this, it, talks, it, it talks that in contrast to the wisdom of the world, which is built in strife and selfish ambition, it says this is demonic and natural wisdom. Yeah. Don't fool yourself that there's some natural realm of wisdom that kind of just floats around in between heaven and earth, like uh, or in between heaven and hell. It doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't exist. Mm. Um, it's it's either tied to heaven or it's tied to hell. Hmm. It's tied to the demonic, or you're tying it to um, the truth of the Lord. And the only way to tell the difference is to listen to the Holy Spirit and to his word and to lean into him. Mm. So good, man. I, I'm, I think I'm going to rewatch this one because it's really dense. There's a lot, a lot of, well, say that one thing. What was it? Offense is the perversion of justice. Is that what you yep. said? 
That is so that is so good. Yeah. I wrote that down because I was like, that's a really, really good way of explaining offense and why it's so nasty. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, two things that kind of uncontextualized from the rest of our conversation a bit, but they're definitely part of it. I just wanted to read one Timothy four. Um, and also, um, this line that God said to me, I'm still coming to terms with this, but, um, uh, this line came to me last night as I was preparing for this. And he looked at me, what are you just going to sit there until history repeats itself? (laughs) Yeah, man. (laughs) I don't know exactly what he wants me to do, but I'm going to keep leaning into the Lord. Hmm. Uh, But, but the, what was wrapped around that is, are you going to say something? And I I keep thinking of, of, of pre-World War II, you know, the, you know, church, or parts of the church, not the whole church, um, just burying its head in the sand, um, being gaslit by you know peace in our time and all this stuff. And I'm and I'm parroting a little bit of some some stuff that that someone spoken to me as well. But um, um, and then you know, and then you've got people like Reese Howells, who's mm-hmm. got legions of people praying their guts out to see history changed. If you want to read some of that, read um, Reese Howell's Intercessor and see how prayer, intentional focused prayer of a small group of people and a nation at times who changed history. Um, but this verse, so I don't know what to do. And I don't think um, to use another person's, um, to quote another person's I don't, uh, uh, words, I don't think raging against the machine is going to work, but you've got to start somewhere. Start with prayer. Start mm. praying God. Get into his presence because you're not on the back foot. Heaven's not yeah. panicked. Um, to quote uh, um, Corrie Ten Boom, um, there's no, there's no, uh, there's no panic in heaven. Uh, uh, it, it, God's always got a plan, <laughs> you know. Uh, God's always got. There's no, no, no problem. No problem with that. Um, but, but praying. Start with that. Start getting into his presence. Start finding out. Hey, what's on your heart, God? Start leaning into him and worshiping and change the spiritual atmosphere around you. Yeah, um, praising. praising, just proclaiming his truth in your heart. Um, this is First Timothy chapter four. Oh. But the Spirit explicitly says that in latter times some will fall away from the faith paying attention to deceitful spirits and doctrines of demons. How? By means of the hypocrisy of liars, Mm. seared in their own conscience as with a branding iron, who forbid marriage and advocate abstaining from foods, right? Ethical veganism. Mm. It's It's not okay. Interesting, hey, it's built on the back of social justice. I'm talking about, I'm not talking about people who have chosen a vegan diet. I mean, ethical veganism. Angry ethical veganism, right? It's not okay. Be careful with these things. Mm. Um, abstaining from foods which God created to be gratefully shared in by those who believe and know the truth. For everything created by God is good and nothing is to be rejected if it is received with gratitude, for it is sanctified by means of the word of God and prayer. In pointing out these things to the brethren, you will be a good servant of Jesus Christ, nourished on the words of the faith and of the sound doctrine which you have been following have nothing to do with worldly fables fit only for old women. On the other hand, discipline yourself 
for the purpose of godliness. Um, there's lots of philosophies and ideas out there and things built on different stuff, but man, keep a, a clear conscience, a sound yeah. conscience. Don't be hardened to, to anything. Mm-hmm. Short accounts with the Lord yourself, yeah. with the people around you. Yeah. Be honest. If you make a mistake, be honest with people. Show your weakness uh, and keep your conscience clear and stay in the word and you'll be fine. Yeah. Stay in the presence of God. The truth exists in the, in, in the glory. It exists in, in God's presence. He is truth. You behold his face and the light is your high watermark. It sets the, the tone for everything. It's the, it's the light meter that says this is what light looks like and then everything else is compared to him. Um, but, man, stay in that place. Don't let yourself be um, drawn away by, by um, you know, dampening of light. Yeah. Good. Mm. So good. All right, um, guys, I would love for you. One of you can pray. Both of you can pray. Um, yeah, super good, you guys. Really, really good. Father, thank you for oh, the unfolding of your word that brings light. The unfolding of your word brings light and that it pierces the heart and separates between soul and spirit. Yeah. And everything is laid bare before you and it unravels and unveils the thoughts and intents of the hearts of men. So we thank you, Lord, for our Psalm 119 season mm. where we yearn for your word yeah. and you unveil to us truth from your, from your teaching, from your law, from your light, from your word, Jesus. Let there be a revelation of the new covenant, Lord God, that he unveils across the earth. And just like how some of the greatest revivals in history happened before, during, and after World War II, I thank you that in this time, Lord, that you are unveiling your plan, Lord God, unveiling a great awakening and a great revival. I thank you, Lord God, for the revivals happening in California. I thank you, Lord, for the revivals happening in the Southeast, Lord God. I thank you, Lord God, for the revivals happening in Europe, Asia, Africa, Lord God. In the name of Jesus, thank you, Lord God, for the unveiling of the re-unveiling of your gospel mm. that is not powerless but mighty to save that sets yeah. free from sin, Jesus. I thank you that you're going into people's living rooms right now with your anointing and your unveiling and unfolding truth and your comforting hearts, Lord God, and you're bringing a prophetic awareness, Lord God. I thank you, Jesus, that you are uh, <laughs> on the throne, that the kingdom's rage. Oh, God, that you laugh at them <laughs> for you've installed your king upon Zion. Yes, Would you speak prophetically to hearts right now, Lord God? Would you raise up an army of intercessors, Lord God, across the nations, Lord God, mm. who, are not, who are not weird, who are not heavy? Lord, but are listening to your voice and seeing the earth change. Mm. Thank you that your kingdom is unshakable. Yes. It is the rock <laughs> that's never been cut with human hands that crushes and turns to dust all the other kingdoms and that will never fail but his last forever and ever and ever. Thank you, Jesus. We bless you, God. In your mighty name, Jesus. Amen. 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 Guys, this was really, really good. Thank you. Thank you, Jeff. Yeah. We genuinely love you guys. Oh, we love you guys too. Um, Okay, so how can people, Mandy, you have an amazing revised version of your book, Free Indeed, that released a couple of months ago. Tell people yeah. how they can purchase that because it's fantastic, everybody. Oh, uh, um, 
Amazon and it's on walmart.com. It's on target.com. It's on booktopia.com.au. Um, just Google it and you'll see free indeed revised and you'll see all the places it'll pop up. And yeah. <laughs> Jeff, can I, can I speak to that for a sec? Yeah. Um, sometimes you can get a bit funny about promoting your own books and stuff like that because of not wanting to promote yourself or because it's about Jesus, right? Yeah. But it, containing that book is a revelation of the reality that you're actually set free from sin and a, um, a scriptural and prophetic journey pathway for you to actually walk in it. Yeah. Not just a bunch of, you know, preaching at you saying this is available. It actually there's the steps. It's significant. Get it. And um, there's another um, uh, book out there called Awake to Righteousness um, by a guy named Mark Greenwood. Get it. Read it. Understand that the gospel sets you free. It's right there in the scriptures. It's important. This is significant on the earth right now. I don't care about you buying our book, blah, blah, blah. Mm. It's not about our book. It's about the truth. Yeah. It mm -hmm. needs to be out there. Get it. Read it. Talk to the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. um, read Romans 6. Find out who you truly are. Yeah. yeah. Well, and also, Kostin, you wrote a chapter in that. And it's just, I mean, guys, this book, if you haven't read, if you, if you haven't gotten the book, it is really really good and there is such a revelation in there and it's all scripture it's yeah. not like all this foofy other things it's it's 100 founded on scripture and both of these individuals just absolutely bombard the lies of satan with scripture <laughs> so um really like please if any of you guys are struggling right now and you're feeling like Satan's been telling you you're not good enough because X, Y, and Z. This book, honestly, is I really believe it's going to help you because sometimes it's like we just need help from other someone else to be yeah. like, because you can sit there and read a, a passage, same passage you guys could focus on, Romans chapter six, whatever it is. But then having someone else peel back some layers and explain with anecdotal yeah. stories to help illustrate. It just sometimes we just need that, you know, yeah. and so I would really recommend um, and all it does is increase your your hunger to pour into the word. Like if someone yeah. is doing if someone is doing their job right by getting out of the way and allowing the Lord to to minister through a book, then that's the fruit is going like, oh, man, OK, I want to I want to dive in, you know. And so anytime I read anything you guys do, whether it's a a prophetic word or if but in this case a book that that is that is what's produced within me so um yeah guys link is in the description we made it super easy for you thank you yeah, yeah. Cool. so um also your podcast mandy did you stop your podcast for a little bit i'm i did we're gonna start up again pretty soon we're with waiting Costin, to get right? settled yes yeah mm -hmm. so here we are settled in adelaide south australia so i you mentioned it earlier, and I looked at Costa. I was like, "Oh, we need to start going <laughs> down." And when it happens, wasn't so much of an official stop. We were just so busy transitioning. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I, yeah, I get it. Yeah, you have legitimate excuses. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, guys, thank you so much. God bless you guys. This is so thank good. You. Bless yeah. you guys. Yeah, everybody, have a blessed. I almost said weekend because tomorrow I'm actually not here. We pre-recorded an episode. Cat's out of the bag. <laughs> but you're going to find out because the date is wrong on the thing. 
But it's Matt Kuhneman and Anthony Armstrong. They're back. It's, it was a great, great conversation. You guys are really going to be blessed by that. That's at 2 p.m. Pacific time, 5 p.m. Eastern time tomorrow. So love you guys. Also, I'm I'm gone on Monday and Tuesday, but my sister Jen is in the hot seat. Wow. And she's amazing. You guys all love Jen. So uh, it's going to be great. Um, so God bless you guys. And we'll see you tomorrow at 2 p.m. Pacific time, 5 p.m. Eastern time with Matt Kuhneman and Anthony Armstrong. Love you guys. Okay, bye. This has been Elijah Fire. Thanks for listening. For more episodes like this, you can check out the Elijah Fire podcast on ElijahFire.com, on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can watch us live every weekday at 2 p.m. Pacific time on YouTube, Rumble, Twitch, and Facebook. Elijah Fire is presented by Elijah Streams and is part of Elijah List Ministries. Go to ElijahFire.com slash give for more info on how you can donate today. 